Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, in today's Fruit Snacks, we're going to discuss the major religious sects of Jesus's day and how we know what we do about them, both from inside scripture and also outside of it, and how these differences between these groups actually played into some of the situations that we read about in the Bible. So, In terms of religious sects, there were basically three main groups in Jesus's day in and around the area of Jerusalem and uh, in Judea. There were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and then the Essenes. Now, we don't really read about the Essenes in Scripture, but we know from other documents and archaeological findings that they were an active group at the same time. So we'll start with the most well-known one, which is the Pharisees. This is a group of religious leaders, but there was also a significant political affiliation with this group. They were, at the time of the writing of the New Testament and during the ministry and life of Jesus, the dominant religious and political uh, sect at the time in Jerusalem. Now, characterizing this group of Pharisees were several things. One, they were pretty rigid with regard to Old Testament adherence, and they accepted the entire Old Testament, meaning the Pentateuch and and, uh, Torah, the books of Moses, and the Psalms, the Proverbs, the writings, and the prophets, basically the entire Old Testament as we have it today. They also believed in resurrection, and their beliefs also extended to including spirits and spiritual entities like angels and demons. This sect is actually the one that Paul belonged to back when he was Saul, before he had his Damascus Road experience and converted to Christianity. And this is also the group that largely headed up the trial of Jesus. Caiaphas was the high priest of the Pharisees, and it is the Pharisees who basically kidnapped and tried Jesus at night, leading to his crucifixion by Pilate and the Romans. The next group we have are the Sadducees. These were also a religious and political group at the time, and they somewhat competed with the Pharisees for political control, not too dissimilarly from how we would look at our two-party system in America today. Now, this group was in more of a minority role at the time of Jesus, and so they often got trumped or overridden by the Pharisees. However, they definitely exerted some influence. Now, what set this group apart? Well, they held to the Pentateuch only, meaning the first five books of the Old Testament or the books of Moses, and they really didn't accept any other part of the Old Testament as scripture. 
Now, part of the result of that, but also other commitments that they had philosophically and theologically, is that the Sadducees, unlike the Pharisees, believed in no such thing as resurrection. They denied resurrection outright, and they also denied spirits, spiritual beings, angels, demons, and even an afterlife. Sadducees were, if we could use a word in today's theological dictionary, annihilationists. They believed that life ended at physical death, and there really was no afterlife after the death of one's physical body. Now, we see evidence of this group, like the Pharisees, in Scripture. It was this group that came to Jesus in places like Mark chapter 12 and raised the ridiculous question about the seven successive husbands of this one widow who is the most unlucky widow on the face of the planet and the hypothetical of well, who whose husband uh, or who whose wife would she be in heaven and this is, of course is is brought up by them because they don't believe in a resurrection or an afterlife at all and so they think this whole scenario is ridiculous and in Jesus's perspective it is ridiculous but not for the reasons they think it's not ridiculous because there's no resurrection or afterlife it's ridiculous because in heaven people aren't married. So Jesus gets quite easily out of this dilemma as they see it. But this is who's bringing it up. These are the Sadducees. And obviously we can see why they would bring up such a question to Jesus because they're trying to trip him up with theology that they don't even agree with. And so they're trying to get a feel for where Jesus falls theologically. Now, lastly, we have a group called the Essenes. And they're not mentioned too much in scripture actually at all by name, but we have hints of them. In the same region that the Essenes had their community is where John the Baptist operated, around 20 to 25 miles outside of Jerusalem to the south is where the Essene community was, and John the Baptist would have been in and around that area as well. And so there is some overlap in area. So it's reasonable to believe that some of this group or even some of their teachings were known, understood, and even interacted with by John, by Jesus, and, and others at the time. The Essenes were largely a religious group as opposed to the religious and political group. They really didn't want to be involved in Roman politics or anything else. In fact, you could say they're one of the most fundamental of all the groups. Part of the reason that they left and sort of isolated themselves is because they believed that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were compromisers, that they had capitulated and collaborated with Rome, and that that was seen as a compromise in and of itself by the Essenes. They did believe in, in some of the things like the Pharisees, although with some qualifications. So they believed in the survival of the spirit in the afterlife, meaning that they did believe in an afterlife and a spiritual realm, but that the spirit or the essence of a person is what survived death, not a physical body, no physical resurrection for the Essenes. This group is also the same group that produced the Dead Sea Scrolls which you may have heard of. This was a major archaeological discovery of many, many manuscripts, which were much older and closer to the original documents than any manuscript evidence that we had had up to the point in which they were discovered in the 1940s and 50s. 
Now, the Dead Sea Scrolls, essentially, a large portion of the Dead Sea Scrolls are actually the Bible, the Old Testament. So not only did this confirm that the manuscripts that we had been using of the Old Testament were accurate and uh, that they had a basis in history much further back than the Middle Ages, which were when what the age was of the documents we had up to the point we discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. But it also means that the Hebrew scriptures of Jesus's day were basically identical to the Hebrew scriptures that we read and use today. In addition to the Bible, though, there are all kinds of other things that we find in the Dead Sea Scrolls because the Essenes were a community. And as a community, they had all kinds of other need for other documents. So we see not only the Bible, but we see commentary on the Bible and scripture. We also find in the Dead Sea Scrolls apocryphal books. So books that the Essenes would have considered scripture or close to scripture. They also had extra biblical literature, scrolls for community rules, hymns and prayers, wisdom literature, things like modern day horoscopes or basically the equivalent of uh, horoscopes. So all of these things are part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. So the majority is Bible, but as you can see, there's quite a lot on the other side as well. So I hope this gives you a better understanding of the different communities in Jesus's day and how they impacted what we read about in scripture in the New Testament. 